RT8K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. An activist who made repeated calls for an independent Hong Kong is jailed for more than five years. The Communist Party passes a historic resolution, including a key message on keeping patriots in charge of the SAR. And as the COP26 summit nears its end, there's a welcome for climate cooperation between China and the United States. Activist Martin Mann has been jailed for five years and nine months after being found guilty of inciting secession by chanting pro-independence slogans. Jimmy Choi reports. The district court had heard during the national security trial that Ma, who was dubbed Captain America 2.0, advocated Hong Kong independence on 20 occasions between August and November last year. He chanted slogans such as Liberate Hong Kong, Revolution of Our Times, and Hong Kong Independence, The Only Way Out. Prosecutor said Ma, who's 31, also promoted his ideas on social media. As part of a mitigation plea, Ma's lawyer said his client deserved a lighter sentence as his actions did not involve any violence and the level of incitement in his speeches was minimal. But in sentencing, Judge Stanley Chan described the case as serious, saying Ma has shown no remorse. He cited Ma's own mitigation letter, in which the defendant described himself as a person with no dreams or plans for his life and little self-esteem. The judge said Ma's psychological report showed that he had been an introverted person with few friends. But a turning point for Ma came in April 2020, when he became interested in politics after listening to speeches made by certain political figures. He then started joining protests and making friends with other activists, the judge said. Again citing the report, the judge said Ma's role-playing as the fictional character Captain America had boosted his self-esteem and he had involved from a person being incited to someone who incited others. The judge said he decided to use six years' imprisonment as the starting point for Ma's sentence, but reduced it by three months, saying the defense had been helpful throughout the trial. Ma showed no emotion during the sentencing. Immediately after the prison term was handed down, a woman in the public gallery shouted, Too long! The judge then asked security guards to record the woman's ID card number. Top Communist Party leaders have wrapped up a key meeting in Beijing by passing an important resolution on the country's past achievements, which is expected to cement President Xi Jinping's grip on power. Priscilla Ong reports. According to Xinhua News Agency, a landmark resolution on the major achievements and historical experience of the Communist Party over the past century was passed at the sixth plenary session of the party's Central Committee. It's only the third of its kind in the party's 100-year history. Xinhua said the declaration called for upholding the correct view of party history, adding that the party has written the most magnificent epic in the history of the Chinese nation for thousands of years. The party's central committee called on the entire party, the entire army and people of all ethnic groups to unite more closely around the party's central committee with comrades Xi Jinping as the core to fully implement Xi Jinping's new era of socialism with Chinese characteristics, the Xinhua readout stated. On Hong Kong, the party said it's fully behind one country, two systems and the policy of having patriots governing the SAR, helping to end chaos and restore order here. Xinhua added that President Xi Jinping, who's also General Secretary of the party's Central Committee, made an important speech at the plenary session. A resolution was also passed on convening the next party congress in the second half of 2022 that's expected to give President Xi a third term in office.
Environmental groups have cautiously welcomed a pledge from China and the United States to work together to tackle climate change. They've said they'll cooperate on cutting methane emissions, phasing out coal and protecting the forests. The COP26 summit in Glasgow is due to end tomorrow. The summit chairman, Alok Sharma, made this appeal to delegates. Please bring the currency of compromise to your discussions, and I know that if we do so, we will all reap the benefits. Therefore, now is the time to come forward with any new textual solutions that you have. Otherwise, we are going to be literally out of time. The weather. Cloudy periods in the morning and at night. Minimum temperature about 19 degrees in the urban areas. A couple of degrees cooler in the new territories. Mainly fine and very dry during the day. The maximum temperature will get to around 25 degrees, moderate north to northeasterly winds. The outlook will be mainly fine and dry over the weekend. Temperatures will be relatively different between day and night. Temperature now 21 degrees, humidity 55%. You're tuned to RGHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. The head of the West Kowloon Cultural District, Henry Tang, has appealed to the public to take an open and inclusive view of the art at the Emplus Museum, which opens tomorrow, saying the collection reflects society. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, echoed Mr Tang's comments. She said the museum had encountered challenges since construction began in 2015. She said she had long believed that Hong Kong could showcase Chinese culture. Under the one country, two systems policy, and their explicit support of our positioning as an East meets West Centre for International Cultural Exchange in the nation's 14 five-year plan promulgated in March this year. Hong Kong will continue to thrive as an international cultural hub. My government will continue to roll out policies and measures to develop facilities, nurture talents and establish international and mainland collaboration. The City University says its president, Wei Kuo, will step down in 2023 and it started a global search for his successor. The institution's spokesman said Professor Kuo will be leaving his post when his contract ends in May 2023, but did not explain why. Professor Kuo was shown the role in 2008 and is the longest serving head of the institution. Hong Kong has started giving the third dose of coronavirus vaccine to the elderly and other priority groups. The Chief Executive and the Secretary for the Civil Service, Patrick Nip, who's in charge of the vaccination programme, were among the first to get the jab this morning, opting for Sinovac. These people at the centre in Kwantong explained why they wanted a booster. Well, I've passed my six months and I'm actually going to fly out next month on a trip, so better to be... Uh capped up on my antibodies because i need it for my job because i work for the airlines so that's why i decided to come and get the third dose i want to boost up my yeah, immunity against covid i checked my antibody it was quite high right after the vaccination but the latest i check it again it, it dropped to quite a low level so so i try to boost up as soon as i can Respiratory medicine expert Lung Chi Chiu says it doesn't make sense to allow flight crews to enter the community without quarantine when they return to Hong Kong from overseas. Health officials here say they're reviewing whether there's a need to further tighten quarantine rules for groups that are exempt, including flight crews. Maggie Ho reports. Lung Chi Chiu was speaking a day after two cargo pilots who tested negative for COVID-19 at the airport upon returning from Germany. 
were later found to be infected. He said it doesn't make sense for the Hong Kong government to expect air crew to observe social distancing rules when they are overseas, but allow them to enter the community once they are back. The government relies on the high-risk places to do the job. It asks airlines to separate the crew from the community there by point-to-point travel or isolation hotels. But here, it allows them to walk right into the community without quarantine. Obviously, high-risk places would not have proper designated quarantine hotels for the air crew, and their infection control at the airport may not be as stringent as Hong Kong. You hope other places would separate the crew from the community, but you don't yourself. It doesn't make sense. Meanwhile, Dr. Leung also expressed reservation about introducing vaccine passports to the city. People without one could be banned from public places, work or school. But Dr. Leung said most unvaccinated people are the elderly who are worried about the side effects of the jabs. He said forcing them to get inoculated before they are convinced the vaccines are safe may lead to other health problems. Health officials have reported three imported COVID-19 infections today. All of them are fully vaccinated and are positive for the L452R strain. The three flew in from the Philippines, Thailand and Saudi Arabia. The government has come under fire for not inviting some green groups to a meeting on its plan for a huge artificial island off Lanto. Some groups that did attend this morning's talk criticised the fact that the government did not reveal its environmental impact assessment. The Hong Kong Dolphin Conservation Society, one of three groups excluded, said its request to attend was rejected. Its vice chair, Vienna Mack, says she doesn't accept the explanation that invitations were based on an environmental protection department list. We KDCS, we are not on the list, but actually other active green groups like uh, Green Sands or Green Earth, they are on the list, but they are still not invited to attend this meeting too. It is actually not reasonable because this project is a very massive reclamation project and different NGO and green groups actually have different work on protecting the environment. It should include different NGO and green groups and listen to their comments. The Equal Opportunities Commission says more than half of respondents to its latest awareness survey believe that discrimination on the basis of residency status is widespread in Hong Kong. The Commission's Executive Director, Dr. Farrick Chu, said people from the mainland and new migrants have faced more discrimination in the past couple of years. He said some forms of discrimination aren't covered by existing laws, adding that the watchdog will provide recommendations to the government on how to protect more people. In the past two years, because of the social unrest, some of the new immigrants from mainland, they face different sorts of harassment or discrimination in their daily life. But on our existing law, for example, under the Race Discrimination Ordinance, there is no protection for mainlanders or residency status because the current definition of race does not cover that. We are in discussion with the relevant government bureau to see whether they would legislate to protect mainlanders. A large shopping centre and several residential communities have been locked down in Beijing today in response to a recent COVID flare-up that has spread to the capital's central districts. Priscilla Ung reports. 
Beijing health officials say more than 280 close contacts have been identified, with almost 12,000 people screened for the virus in both Chaoyang and Haidian districts. Local media reported that six new cases were found in the districts, with all being close contacts of people infected recently in northeastern Jilin Province. The Raffles City Mall in Dongcheng District was sealed off last night after a close contact of a person infected with COVID was found to have visited the shopping center. Videos shared on Weibo showed the exits were sealed as staff and customers inside were not allowed to leave until they had all undergone tests. Five residential communities, a primary school, and two office compounds were placed under a snap lockdown early this morning, with tens of thousands of residents barred from leaving and made to undergo mass testing. Local health authorities say four of the diagnosed cases are members of the same household, while the other two are a Jilin resident on a business trip to Beijing and their close contact. Overseas, F. W. De Klerk, the last president of apartheid South Africa and a key figure in the country's transition to a multiracial democracy, has died. He was 85. Mr. De Klerk dramatically changed the country's political direction, ordering the release of Nelson Mandela and taking the steps required to steer the country towards democratic elections. The prohibition of the African National Congress, the Pan-Africanist Congress, the South African Communist Party, and a number of subsidiary organisations is being rescinded. The BBC's Andrew Harding has this assessment. F. W. De Klerk died at his home in Cape Town. A family spokesman said he'd been struggling against a form of lung cancer. He was 85 years old. Mr. De Klerk was the last president of apartheid South Africa, heading a racist government that had for decades suppressed the black majority. But De Klerk was instrumental in negotiating an end to white minority rule. He was rewarded with a Nobel Peace Prize in 1993, sharing it with Nelson Mandela. A year later, Mandela's ANC swept to power in the country's first democratic elections. De Klerk did apologise for some aspects of apartheid at South Africa's Truth and Reconciliation Commission, but in recent years, some here have questioned whether De Klerk and other apartheid leaders were let off too easily. Sport and the new boss of English Premier League side Newcastle United, Eddie Howe, says the club are a perfect fit for him after taking over on Monday. Howe, who signed a contract until 2024, hasn't been in management since he left Bournemouth in August last year, following their relegation. Newcastle are 19th in the table, five points from safety after 11 games. But Howe's confident he can turn that around. Task ahead is huge, and、uh, we have a very, very difficult fixture list in ahead in, in December. But I think all we can do—I know it's a cliche—but all we can do is look at on the horizon of the next game,、um, try and win that, and then try and be better and prepare for the next game after that. I think there's there's no there's no magic wand. It's going to take a lot of a lot of hard work, instilling what we want in the players very quickly.、Um, their application so far has been hugely impressive, but we're going to need that to be consistent、um, for us to to get there. A reminder of our top stories tonight. An activist who made repeated calls for an independent Hong Kong is jailed for more than five years. The Communist Party passes a historic resolution, including a key message on keeping patriots in charge of the SAR. And as the COP26 summit nears its end, there's a welcome for climate cooperation between China and the United States. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio Three. We come on this loop, John B. 
as a sort of traditional West Indies tune about a sunken boat, Sloop John B, the Beach Boys. And would you know that uh, when this was actually recorded, I think it was midnight to 3 a.m. on one night in July of 1965, some 13 session players packed into the studio to assist the recording of that track from the album Pet Sounds, of course, which... uh, my love of the Beach Boys suggested that dogs were the, the only creatures that would like the album, which is why, if you listen to Pet Sounds, you hear some barking dogs on it as well. We're into our second hour together. Thanks ever so much for the news. Well, an update for you at midnight and then our sentimental journey. You want to be in touch yourself? It's Radio Pete at Gmail. Daddy. 